0: Hello friends and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode 107, it's 5 o'clock somewhere. My name is Pete and joining me tonight are Matt, what's up everybody, and Tom. Wow, Matt's back. You're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of icky ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop and men, let's do Disney.
1: I am back I am ready to roll I am refreshed I had a great holiday I'm glad you guys took over the podcast there for a little bit but um, I'm glad to be back thanks for having me I feel like I'm a
0: special guest at this point I'm going to take a four month holiday next it looks like The Mandalorian was able to uh, able to find Matt so uh, yeah glad glad you're back maybe I watched a lot of The Mandalorian during my break that was a great show maybe Tom will disappear next alright well Tonight we're going to talk about our top 10ish favorite drinks at Disney World. And these are these come from a great variety of places really. We've got some resorts in there, we've got some parks in there. All different parks are represented. I think it's a pretty I think it's a pretty solid list. Before we get into that, let's go to the news for this week.
2: Yeah, so diving into the news, not a ton for you this week. Uh starting over at Epcot. They have a guest experience team now coming to Epcot. Uh, so essentially what this is, it's, it's been permanently installed at Magic Kingdom, uh, Hollywood Studios, and Animal Kingdom, and it looks like they're going to go to Epcot now. Uh, it is to help you while you're in the park with booking, modifying, recovering FastPass selections, navigating the app, deactivating and reactivating Magic Bands. Uh, it's just cast members that are kind of throughout the park that, that can help you with any questions you have. I have had to use them one time, uh, and it was actually just getting FastPasses kind of aligned. Something happened within uh, within the app. And so I think this is exciting that it's coming to Epcot. However, there's so much construction going on at Epcot that I, I don't quite know what you would have to use them for, but I'm sure something could pop up. Um, and the other thing that, that makes this kind of a, a good move for Disney, um, on an experience that we had, we had a magic band kind of, dis, uh, it It wasn't linked properly. It was, and then it kind of fell off. And we were in the World Showcase. And so we had to walk all the way back to the front of the park, which was really inconvenient. So I think this is probably the biggest benefit that they're that they're kind of spread throughout the park where you don't have to walk all the way back to guest services at the front of the park. You know, I know a couple locations like there's one right outside of Toy Story Land in Hollywood Studios, there's one in Tomorrowland of Magic Kingdom. Uh, I can't remember where the one in Animal Kingdom is, but certainly I
0: think there's I think there's one in Fantasy Land at at Magic Kingdom also. They're spread out, I'm not out. mistaken. Yep.
2: Yeah, they're spread out in a few different places, so uh, it was probably just a matter of time before this happened, uh, and now we have that coming to uh, coming Epcot as well. Staying with Epcot, uh, International Festival of the Arts has kicked off with three new attraction openings. So, Festival of the Arts is, is another festival that's held at, at Disney World. I know Pete and I joke that there's always a festival going on at, at Epcot, especially, uh, but it's artful eats, fun activities, uh, there's there's Disney on Broadway type performances, and um, and they had three new attractions open with that, so we had Awesome Planet open, which is an on-screen adventure of the realm we call home, so Planet Earth, and this film is at the Land Pavilion. It is right where the Circle of Life film was, so upstairs in the Land Pavilion, when you enter, you go to the right. Uh, Ghirardelli had a chocolate area there as well, in between, uh, kind of Awesome Planet getting put into place, but it's a diverse and dynamic story of our Earth. I have not personally seen it, uh, but I, I've heard for fairly mixed reviews. I think most people... I think it's okay. I think it's about a seven-minute film. Uh, one one thing I do like is that they have uh, their wait times outside of, of all three of these attractions. Instead of saying you know a ten-minute wait, they do will actually say how many minutes until the next show starts. So, which I, I like a lot.
0: I, I think that this is definitely better than what was in here before. Circle of Life. Yep, was in here before. It is. It, 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 they do it, they do incorporate some kind of cool effects in here. They have some mist. There's some scents in here. You smell campfire and I think some trees, you know, trees, that sort of thing. So I think it is, you know, a step above what circle of life was.
2: Yep. And I would agree with you. And I think that's kind of the sentiment I've gotten. Most people had relatively low expectations for it and walk, walked away thinking it was okay. I think the biggest complaint I've heard is that people say, oh, it's very educational and it tells you all the things that, that could be maybe going wrong in earth. On our planet Earth, but they don't really give you any things to take away like, hey, work on this at home. Here's something you could do to, to help our environment. And, and it's really the hardcore Epcot should be educational type people that haven't fallen in love with this. Uh, one thing that has been very, very successful in the brief time that's been opened is Canada Far and Wide. So that is the other well, one of the other attractions that opened. It is a new seamless digital technology. It's a 360 movie named Canada Far and Wide. It has new scene, story, and music. They do incorporate some of the former music from it, and it definitely has the Epcot feel that you would imagine. I have seen clips of this one, and it looks fantastic in the theater. And so this this is something that, whereas maybe Awesome Planet's not something you do every trip to Epcot, I think you should probably poke in and do Canada Far and Wide, which is, that's a lot for me to say. Pete knows my lack of love for the Canada Pavilion in general. And then lastly... And it's weird because this has actually gotten the most negative reviews, but it's Beauty and the Beast sing-along. And so it's uh, it, it's created from the producer that did the animated in-live-action Beauty and the Beast film, and it includes highlights from the animated movie with a fun musical twist. Probably compare this to a Frozen-type sing-along, although I think that's fairly good. I think people struggle with this being in the World Showcase because Canada Far and Wide certainly speaks to the culture that's there you think of some of the other shows throughout the World Showcase that they they speak to a real life culture of that country. And Beauty and the Beast obviously does not speak to anything in real life.
0: They are still playing Impressions de France in uh in the Palais de Cinema here. the way it's working is that Beauty and the Beast sing-along is between eleven AM and seven PM and then seven thirty to nine they're playing Impressions de France. And and this is an updated version. It's in four K, but it's it's the same same film as before.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I actually looked at wait times today, and today is Monday, January 20th. And the wait time, I mean, there there were people lined almost outside of the, the France Pavilion waiting. I mean, there was a multiple show line. But I don't know. I mean, it's not going anywhere. I can promise you that. I'll put it like that. Maybe it's in the wrong place at Disney World, but it's not going anywhere.
0: No, and it's it's new, right? So any anytime anything's new at Disney World, it's always going to make a splash like that.
2: So I will. Uh, I'll be back in Disney. I don't know. Maybe in a month, <laughs> but definitely, in, definitely in March and definitely in April. So I, w- I will get to get to do this attraction. Uh, moving over to Hollywood Studios, I guess we can say taking the Skyliner to Hollywood Studios now. Yeah. So that, that taking the Skyliner over to Hollywood Studios, uh, Fantasmic is closing for a one day refurbishment this week. I know all of you probably almost drove off or uh, ran off the treadmill. Whatever you do while you're listening to our podcast. Uh, I, I don't think I could report the news of a phantasmic closing. So yeah, it's just a one day close closure this week, Wednesday, January twenty second, for a one night refurbishment. It'll re- reopen the very next day. I hope the changes they make are adding Snow White back in to the show because she wasn't there when I was there. So I don't know if she's been there every other night. And maybe finding a John Smith that'll make the uh, make the swing across. But no, I'm kidding. I'm I'm sure there's. I, I can't imagine what they're doing in one night, Pete, unless they're breaking in a new
0: cast. I would say probably just a technical refurb, you know, working on some of the effects, that, that kind of stuff that they maybe just don't get a chance to do. So
2: that's uh, that's going to take place this week in just a one-night closure. So if you're in Disney World this week and listening to us, do not plan for Phantasmic on Wednesday night. Uh, and then the last piece of news that I have, uh, tickets now available for the Summer H2O Glow Nights at Typhoon Lagoon. Uh, this actually was a, a hit. I mean, it was successful last summer. This upcharge event will return. It's an after-hours upcharge event on select nights from May 27th to August 29th. Guests attending the party can enter Typhoon Lagoon as early as 6 p.m. on event nights and stay until 11 p.m. Enjoying the attractions, the special entertainment, the food, um, and more. I mean, more would probably be the character meet and greets that are there. If I'm if I, I don't want to name every date for you, but there's two dates in May, there's seven in June, nine in July. And 9 in August So a lot of opportunity to do it the, Like I said The tickets are now available It is um, If you buy tickets early It's $65 per adult uh, And 75 at the gate If you're an annual pass holder Or a DVC member You can purchase the tickets for $59 So a whopping $6 discount There on the early ticket So That's a uh, that's all, I guess all the news. I had one more thing I will hit, and I should have said it in Epcot. The um, Festival of the Arts magnet that has, has been released is, is quite the popular item. If you are going to be at Disney World during the Festival of the Arts and you want that magnet, I suggest either going early and knocking it out or trying to go late at night and hoping the lines die down. It is at the temporary mouse gear location, but the line is ridiculous. I mean, I would think 30 or 40 minute wait.
0: And you don't have much time either because Festival of the Arts ends, what, the 23rd or something like that of February? So it's one yeah, of the I'm, shorter festivals.
2: I'm kicking myself for not for not going over to Epcot because we did kind of finish with Hollywood Studios to go get a firework position, and I could have gone by myself and grabbed grabbed the magnet. So, uh, But anyway, that's all the news I had. I don't know, Pete, did you have anything you want to add?
0: I just did want to mention that Rise of the Resistance did open at Disneyland, pretty much the same chaos and catastrophe that it was at Hollywood Studios. A lot of breakdowns, a lot of guests not being accommodated. One thing that I did see that I don't think happened at, at Disney World was that guests were actually making fake boarding passes to uh, to get on the ride. So some somehow, I mean, these boarding passes were gone 45 seconds after the park opened. And so somehow somebody got a hold of a blank boarding pass or edited a boarding pass or something like that, and, and they were texting them to their friends so they could get on.
2: That's wild. I wonder how they figured that out.
0: I don't know, and, and what I read was the reason that they were able to do this was that Disney was not scanning everybody's boarding pass as they got onto the ride. So I think people were just showing them, hey, I have a boarding pass on my phone, and they were letting them go on, and so a lot of guests were kind of cheating the system on that. But anyway, again, probably not handled like it like it should have been. We saw the same thing in, uh, in Florida, you know, breakdowns. Boarding pass is not really being explained thoroughly. Boarding pass is gone quickly. Just just general chaos. A lot of people want to ride this ride, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, definitely. I, I've i ridden it now. I've been fortunate to ride it uh, twice now, two separate trips to Disney World, and can't wait to go back and ride it again. I mean, I still wake up early and do it. So anything else?
0: I think that's it. All righty. So with that, we'll pause to hear from our sponsor, Kingdom Strollers.
3: So your family is coming to Orlando and the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun, but you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers. A Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today.
0: Okay, well let's let's talk drinks. I I you know when we put this list together, I don't think we really have this in any specific order, do we? No, I and think, I like so. how you I think th- we kind of just going to roll through it.
2: I like how you said ten-ish as well. Because we can't—I mean, we could. This list could go much longer than ten, and I think we just had to have ten as a, a general stopping point. Well,
0: I'll, I'll go ahead and say that I've never met a drink that I didn't like at Disney World.
1: Uh, I mean that—that's debatable, but I've enjoyed my fair share of drinks
2: at Disney World as well. Even the cold sake is good. The cold sake is not good.
0: The Alsvik—what Og- is that in um, Norway? No, that's—that's that's true. They did—they did have. What was that stuff called? I don't—I rem- don't remember. Alright, well onto the drinks. Uh again, no particular order. These are top ten ish. You
2: don't remember doing a shot of that stuff? Yeah, I can't remember the name of it. That that's what I'm why I'm shrugging my shoulders. I don't remember
0: it. That was a that was a gross drink. Alright, well while you Google, we'll 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 get started with the list here. Uh number one in on our list and in our hearts, I think, has to be Tipsy Ducks in Love.
2: Yeah, I, I think Tipsy Ducks and Love in the China Pavilion of Epcot. I mean, I we've talked. This podcast could be named Tipsy Ducks in Love because I think we've talked about it that much. But you can't leave it off the list. And and while it is number one for me, it may not be number one for everyone. And again, this list is not in any order. We just kind of threw threw them on there. But yeah, I think uh, I think you're right, Pete. You can't leave this off.
0: This is uh, this is from the Joya Tea Cart in Chi- in the China Pavilion, and it's expensive, right? I mean, it's eight nine bucks, but but you do get you do get a pretty pretty good sized drink for this. And this was a drink that we
1: actually brought back to our Fourth of July um, party that we have, you know, pretty much annually with you know all, all of our families. And we brought that drink back for drinking around the world. And that was something that Pete was like, "Look, guys, we got to have this. This is just fantastic."
0: Yeah. Although I will say, drinking coffee and cream and milk in the heat of the summer is not, and it's cold. You know, it it is cold. This is why for me, this this drink isn't. Higher on the list, I guess, of my top ten favorite drinks is is because it's a really heavy drink, right? And it does have coffee in, it, and it does have milk in it. Aquavit. Yeah, that's what it was. Aquavit. <laughs> Sorry, just came to me.
1: Uh, wasn't that the? Didn't they say like that's what? Um, like I can't remember exactly, but it was like you are not tough unless you can drink this without making a face.
2: But I I think we all made not it not this. a true Viking. That's but, what it was. You're not a true back Viking to the back to the can... Tipsy Ducks though. Yeah,
0: back to back to the good drinks.
2: I, yeah, I mean, I, I think any time of the year for me is the right time. I think it pairs very nicely with the pork uh, pork egg rolls they have as well as an offering. Yeah, they give you two. how many
0: pork egg rolls did you get on your last trip? Uh, just uh, just,
2: uh, just uh, oh, over or under ten. No, well well under well under well under. But no, I think this is a good way to start off the list.
0: All right, so moving on, up, and I think this is another drink that we talk about maybe over talk about. I think all that the margaritas from La Cava in the Mexico Pavilion at Epcot are good. I wouldn't recommend getting a margarita anywhere else. But I I think to us and and you talk to ten different people and you get ten different opinions about what their favorite margarita at La Cava is. But I think for us the blood orange margarita is is kind of king at La Cava.
1: I would agree with you. And I would also say this is a stark difference than the last drink we talked about. This is refreshing. This is something you can drink a couple of on a hot day, cool down. They can sneak up on you, but they are just so tasty.
0: Talk about sneak up on you. I mean, you know, you start at the Mexico Pavilion going through World Showcase. And if you get more than one of these in the Mexico Pavilion, you get in trouble really quick.
2: Yeah, Pete. Are you speaking from experience, or you just assume? I am
0: speaking from my vast trove of knowledge that I have. Yes, I would yes. say. But but this is it, it is good a drink. Good drink to have. You know, kind of with your lunch or pre lunch.
2: I think. I mean, it's obviously a good drink. I think that I have never seen a human being drink it faster than Pete, which is why he sometimes gets two because the rest of the party is still enjoying their first. And I don't know if it's he likes it that much or it's just the anticipation of we're here. It's time to it's time to do Epcot, but. They're just
0: so smooth and easy to drink.
2: They they really are. I would say my wife is one person that does not like this. But outside of that, she she may be one of the only ones I've seen that wasn't a huge fan of this one.
0: And, and I don't think you can go wrong with, with a margarita from La Cava. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm i not bashing any of the other margaritas at La Cava. Although we did get one.
2: The avocado one, I don't one think maybe? we liked very
0: yeah, I, mean, I don't remember which one it was, but there was one that we got that was not that great. But uh, but again, I, I always come back to the Blood Orange Margarita, no matter how far I stray. So, so this next one on the list
2: is a Pete favorite, which I think we're going to say that on every one of them. Like, I don't think he dislikes it. He said he'd never met one he didn't like. So uh, this is definitely a Pete favorite. It is the signature, I would say probably the signature cocktail at Trader Sam's.
0: It, it's between between this or the Nautilus for sure.
2: And it is the Oa, and the Oa is a drink designed for two. It is, I mean, or
0: one really thirsty person, or
2: one very, yeah, one very thirsty person. It is a combinations of different rum. I mean, most of Trader Sam's drinks are, and it comes in an awesome mug with an awesome presentation. If you are in Trader Sam's bar, they actually will light the drink on fire and let you let you interact and do that, not just them doing it. And so uh, that that's probably the highlight of the. Uh, oh, uh, aside from it, it actually tastes really good.
1: Well, aside from the rum that it has in there, that gives it a very unique taste. It also has three different juices as well. So there's grapefruit juice, orange juice, and guava. Guava. I, I never say that word, right? Guava. Guava juice, which gives it a unique taste. You know, coupled with the rum, and then the you know, the lime juice they add in there, and it just it's another one I think is refreshing. Like it's a lot. I mean, it's sugary and has a lot of you know. A lot of sugar in it, but
0: I still think it's refreshing. It, to me, tastes like Christmas trees. And I say that every time I drink it. It, it tastes like Christmas it, that's trees. That's the cinnamon. And it, and it, that's the cinnamon that they, they put on the outside for you to inspire. think so. That's why you say that. I think so. And, and a lot of Trader Sam's drinks have this, what they call Gorilla Grog in it. And it's a combination of various juices and then Falernum, which is a liqueur, and then rum. And, you know, this, I think this is my favorite because, A, it, it is a good drink, right? It is refreshing. It's a rum drink. It's a tiki drink. The mug is awesome. I am now, thanks to Tom, the proud owner of an oh a mug. But but the presentation here, and I would say the presentation at, at of all the signature drinks at Trader Sam's, really really boosts this one up in my mind. Any signature drink you order at Trader Sam's is going to have some kind of presentation that goes along with it. But this one to me is is by far the coolest.
2: Now move, moving down our list, this is a newer edition. Uh, you know, I think we've well we we haven't done a list like this before. We have. Talked about a lot of these drinks at, at various times throughout different episodes. And we've mentioned this one, but this came with Galaxy's Edge and specifically with Ogus Cantina. I would like to say I'm probably the resident expert on this one, as uh, I have been a frequent visitor of the uh, Ogus Cantina. And this is what they call the jet juice. And it is served, it's not a shot. I mean, it's bigger than a shot, but it's not as big as a drink. And it is exactly ad- as advertised. I mean, you would believe it is jet juice. <laughs> In in the galaxy's well, edge, and,
0: and so this is what this is bourbon, this is chili liqueur, and something else, right?
2: Yeah, I, I, it's basically. I mean, those are the two primary tastes you're gonna have from it.
0: And, and it doesn't, it's, it doesn't burn like fire. Well, it's, it's I mean, a hot it drink. Kind of burn. It's a this. hot drink. <laughs> yeah, it is. A, it is. A, it is a hot drink. served cold in temperature,
2: but does down. have a kick to it when you try it. It, it is and if
0: you're if you're a man you can do this as a, as a single shot it
2: is the first I don't
0: recommend that
2: first drink I had at, at galaxy's edge I actually went in alone just to see uh ogas and I walked in got a space at the bar asked the bartender what do you recommend and he said do you like bourbon and I said yeah I, I actually do and he said well try this jet juice but I want to stress this is not a shot we don't encourage you to take it like a shot you know it's a sipping drink and so I followed the instructions and the rest is history it's my favorite drink in ogas probably my favorite drink in uh In Galaxy's Edge.
0: It is a small drink, though. and I don't know. For for the price that you pay for this drink, maybe if they put it in a bigger cup and added ice, it would look just like all the other drinks. But it does look like a small drink when you get it.
2: I would agree. And and I don't think we've tried to give the impression that Oga's is inexpensive. It is very expensive. No, no. Certainly not. They take all the credits. They're okay taking all your credits.
1: This is a drink that I don't have any experience with yet because I haven't been there. But I mean, when Tom came back, I mean, he was just talking about it nonstop and just saying this is a cool drink. He was telling all our friends about it. When he was planning his his latest Disney trip, or at least the one with some friends, he was really excited for all of them to try it too. So, Tom, how did they how did they like the drink when you took them there? Uh, it,
2: I think that the wait staff at, at Galaxy's Edge and in Ogas do a really good job of explaining it. if you don't like bourbon, we do not recommend you getting this drink because you won't enjoy it. Pete, I hyped it up to you, and then you tried it. And I I, w- I would say you like bourbon, but you're not it like it. It was that. okay. Yeah. If you like bourbon, you'll like this. That-
0: yeah, I didn't dislike it. I certainly didn't dislike it, but not not my cup of tea. What what was my cup of tea, however, is the next drink on the list, which is the uh, Fuzzy Tauntaun. But- this is not that special of a drink with the ex- with one exception. I mean, this is a fuzzy navel, right? That's all this is, is a fuzzy navel. But it, it has the addition of buzz foam on top, which is a very unique experience to drink in that it, it makes your face go numb.
2: Yes, it does. And it is by far my favorite drink to do, to take someone in for the first time in Oga's and have them try it because not, not spoiling it for anyone. Well, we just split it for all you listeners, but if they don't know anything <laughs> yeah, about not, it, not,
1: not spoiling it, but
2: no, well, if you go, you go in with someone who has n- knows nothing about it, it's, it's like, what, what, it, I mean, they almost look concerned. I mean, Pete, you were concerned the first time.
0: Well, I, I mean, I, I knew that it had buzz foam on it, right? And I knew that there was some kind of tingling or some kind of effect that happened when you drank this. I wasn't 100% sure what it was. Because when when we went to Galaxy's Edge the first time, it, it had only been open a couple of weeks. And uh so, yeah, this was, you know, like Tom, my first experience in Galaxy's Edge was solo. I had an Ogas reservation by myself. Uh I went in and... uh and had this fuzzy tauntaun, and yeah, didn't know what to expect. So when my face started going numb, I I, I did get a little concerned. Like, am I it, allergic d- to this? Is there something long?
1: here that I didn't know was in this drink? <laughs> yes, little, exactly. A little and panic.
0: There was there was a, a British couple that was standing next to me that saw that I had ordered the drink and uh, were watching me very closely to see what what my reaction was going to be when I when I drank this fuzzy tauntaun. So it, it's uh, I think. There, there are other drinks at Ogus Cantina that have other effects. You know, there's there's drinks that bubble and fizz, and there's drinks with boba balls in them, and there are there are cool drinks that have cool effects at Ogus. But but this one to me is the coolest because it it does uh, it makes your face numb.
2: Yeah, my wife popped in and saw this this list before we started recording, and the Bespin Fizz is one that she. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it. It has a, a very cool effect to it, and that's kind of. Those are the other types of drinks you can get there, and it's you don't have to go the route we're steering you, but these are probably are definitely. I mean, as Matt mentioned, he hasn't he hasn't had an opportunity to go yet, but Fuzzy Tonton is definitely
0: Pete's favorite, and the Jet Juice is definitely my favorite. All right, let's go back to Epcot and uh, back to the France p- Pavilion specifically uh, to the Grand Meunier slush. Now there are two slushes here. There's the Grand Meunier, which is an orange flavored slush and there's the citron which is a, a lemonade or a lemon flavored slush. I, I'm a bigger fan of the Graminier slush. This to me is the perfect drink to get when it's a thousand degrees middle of July at Epcot because it uh I mean it's it's a it's a slush, right? It's a nice drink. It's cooling, it's refreshing, it's it's orange flavored, so it's got citrus in it. You know, you could actually use this in place of drinking a bottle of water, I think, at Epcot.
1: I don't, I don't really, I don't vouch for that strategy. I think that you should drink some water <laughs> in Epcot, but Pete's right. This is, this, I mean, like, I go back to this word, refreshing, and there are just a lot of drinks in Epcot that are refreshing. This is one of them. It tastes great. I'm, I'm like Pete, you know, I like the Grand Marnier. That's my favorite one there, so, but... Yeah, I don't know. And these things sneak sport. up on you, too. Well, it, it all sneaks up on you. I mean, I think every drink we're going to talk about, enough of them will sneak up on you, especially when you're doing Epcot like we like to do Epcot at least once, you know. Pete. You're going to have a lot I of things think, to sneak
2: up. I think they sneak up on you because you're you're drinking them as water. You're like, oh, yeah, I had a couple waters. I, and really, you, you had a few <laughs> slushes that you didn't tell us about.
0: Well, and, and, and the thing about these drinks, I, I guess for me, these every drink on this list tastes Phenomenal, right? So i I tend to drink them very. I tend to drink them very quickly, and uh, and and that might be my problem. That might be why these sneak up on me so fast. Because, you know, literally two and a half minutes, and I've I've down this drink. So I kind of want to expedite on
1: um, A trip around the world, and then take him to the canteen and let him get the face numbing drink to see what happens.
0: Well, uh, you know, I I uh, you you joke, but I'm I'm kind of wondering. If we stopped, if, if we went to Epcot and did like a speed run, how quickly I could I could make my way around the world, drinking at each.
2: That bonobo. should be a race. That should be a race. If we take out the waiting in line time, if we're gonna do like a time a time trial, is from from the we only run the clock once you have the drink in hand when you finish the drink, and then walking in between the, the countries, I'd I'd be hard. Pr- I mean, you could probably do it in thirty minutes.
1: No, I was gonna say at least an that, hour. That would be dangerous. Yeah, I mean that would be we'd be. Wheeling Pete out of Epcot, but well, maybe
2: hey, we could always spend an hour in the park. We could just do the half-day ticket. <laughs> well, at, as so, I don't have a ton of uh, of experience with uh, with the Grand Marnier, Marnier slush, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. But what I do want to talk about is the next drink on the list, the grown-up lemonade. And the, the this the way I remember us discovering this, and Pete, tell me if you remember it differently. You were in. This is a day you did ogas by yourself.
0: I don't remember. I don't remember anything okay, so, about that day. So, so Pete,
2: Pete, and one of our other buddies were in, were in Disney or in Hollywood Studios doing Galaxy's Edge. I came in late that afternoon and said, "Well, let's just meet in Toy Story Land." We were going to do Toy Story Mania, I think. And while we were waiting, my buddy and I were like, "You want to get a drink?" They're, they serve you know beer there, and I said, well, "I'll try this grown up lemonade." And as Pete had just discovered blue discovered blue milk that day, he was bringing a blue milk to us, and and I just grabbed this grown up lemonade. And I was like, oh, this might be the best drink here, the Grown-Up Lemonade. And now it's kind of become a staple of, of the trip. I mean, we, we usually will make our way to Toy Story Land and, and grab a, uh, a Grown-Up Lemonade, which is exactly what you would think it is, lemonade for grown-ups.
0: Yeah, this is a lemonade with cherry vodka and then a cherry puree. I actually have the cherry vodka that they use in this at home. And it, I mean, it's delicious just to dump in lemonade, but the cherry puree really, really makes this drink. I mean, it because it adds it adds a little sweetness to it. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is uh, this, this is, is a drink that, would, drink that I would really
1: that I would really like. I mean, I've had it before, and this is one that I would go after in the park and say, "This is what I'm drinking."
0: And I don't know. I mean, I guess this has been in Toy Story Land since day one. I don't know. I mean, like you said, I don't think we've ever really gone to. Is that Woody's lunchbox? Is that what that That's is? Where yep. it is? Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we had ever gone there before to to know that it was there. So, but but it has become a drink that every time we go to that park now, at least some, at least one person's got to get.
2: Yeah, that's why I think it was kind of it's kind of funny how that how we stumbled upon that one because this would be one that I, I still think to this day we never would have even gone over there to try it.
0: No, absolutely not. You don't you don't think about uh, Toy Story Land and the f- fabulous array of drinks that they. I mean, you you know, you go to an Ogus Cantina and you expect yeah they're going to have good drinks in here. But you don't necessarily expect that at a uh, at a Woody's lunchbox in Toy Story Land.
2: Well, the next one also is one we stumbled upon. You and that's, you that's and I right. just right. Kind of w- meandered over here. It, it
0: it was hot outside. It's very it was, funny when, how you
1: guys just stumble upon these things and just happen to find these little holes in the wall that might have a drink or two.
2: This was this was definitely. What I was like, man, I could really use a milk. We were actually on our way to um, what's the place by fifties where the milkshakes are.
0: Oh, to
1: uh, yeah, this is one that. You guys found, you guys told me about. Um, I don't know if I've actually had this one before, but when you guys talked about it, I definitely looked up the ingredients, and again, looks refreshing
0: on a hot day. Well, well, yeah. I mean, it's a milkshake, right? It's a milkshake with Kahlua and Bailey's. Like, you can't go wrong with that. They they do have a couple of different, uh, couple of different versions of this. I think that they had a chocolate one when when Tom and I were there that neither one of us got. There, I think I've seen a strawberry one offered here as well. This is at uh, Min and Bill's Dockside Diner. Which is right next to the big dinosaur at Hollywood Studios, and typically the lines for this are are very long if it's hot outside. Now I'm, I'm sure if you went in December, you could probably slide in here and grab one of these pretty easily. But uh, I'm trying to remember when Tom and I were there. It was it was September October, so it was still relatively warm outside. We were we were dying. It was I mean it was it was hot, and uh, both of us wanted a milkshake. We were we were making our way somewhere to get a milkshake and saw that they had, they actually had a sign out front that they had these on the menu. And so we, we popped in, and the rest, as they say, is history. It's hard to go wrong with this.
1: One of the things that I will tell listeners now is if you're taking young children with you and they see people walking around with this drink, they're going to really be enti- enticed to ask you for one. And you're going to have to have a little bit of an adult conversation and say, all milkshakes aren't kid- little kid milkshakes.
0: And you can get regular milkshakes at at Men and Bills also. They're not all they're not all boozy. Uh, it's a it's a sneaky way there. to walk around the park. It, it definitely is. It definitely is. Well, back over at Epcot in the American Adventure Pavilion, we have what what used to be, I think, my favorite drink at at Disney World, and this is the uh, Red Stag Frozen Lemonade. This one's
1: fantastic. Too.
0: This. Yeah, this is amazing.
1: And I mean, when you are in the world showcase and the options in this country are pretty limited, I feel like.
0: Well, less so than they used to be. I mean, they do have a they do have a decent selection of craft beer available here it uh, now, but 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 you're right. Other than if if you're not a beer drinker, your your options exactly. are very limited here.
1: Which is one of the things I loved the Red Stag lemonade. That was when I saw it on the menu. I knew exactly that's what I was going to get because at that point in the day and at that point around the world, I mean. I feel like I say it all I've been saying it all episode, but you I choose refreshing over a taste at some point. Not that these don't taste great, but I've I've only done, you know, around the world in the summertime. I've never done it in the wintertime. Maybe in the wintertime I'd prefer a beer, but you know, for me I'm I'm all about the refreshing stuff.
0: Yeah, and this this is a uh this is a, a slushy frozen lemonade. You know, think like a minute made frozen lemonade. With the addition of Red Stag, which is a which is a cherry uh, flavored bourbon, so similar to the grown up lemonade that uh, that that we talked about at, at Toy Story Land, but this definitely has that bourbon flavor as, as opposed to a uh, a vodka that doesn't really have a, a taste. L- like Matt said, this is, this is really refreshing. It's really good in the middle of the summer to to the point where I have seen them run out of this early in the uh, in the summertime. So if if you want it, it, it is a popular drink. That and Budweiser. For some reason, you see a lot of a lot of folks walking around the American Adventure Pavilion with just cans of good old Budweiser.
1: Just the, the most inexpensive option, I'm sure has a, has a, something to say about that.
0: Well, well, it's Disney, so it's still probably like eighteen dollars for a can. Is it really eighteen dollars? No, I, I, was, don't think I thought it's that I thought it was much. like I, seven I, or eight. I think you can get I think you can get a decent craft beer. I'm trying to remember ten or ten or eleven something like that. So it's probably eight or nine for a uh, for a Budweiser. Yeah. Which is um, folks, these drinks we're talking about aren't,
1: aren't cheap. They are not they are not cheap. They're not inexpensive. But again, like like we said, they're all really, really good. So I think I think it's worth they it in the are. Music world to to splurge on a couple of these while you're in the parks.
0: No, they definitely are. And this is one that, that we've also made at home. We uh got the got the blender out and the lemonade and the and the red stag and uh and, and whipped up a batch uh in the heat of the summer at home too. So Alright, what's next, Pete? So the next one that I have on the list is, I think, something that I'm the only one that has had, uh, and and it, it made that big of an impression on me that I that I included it on this list. This is this is a beer that's that's only available at Disney World, and uh, I don't know if it's available at, at multiple locations. I had it at Nomad Lounge at Tiffin's, and that is the Kungaloosh Spiced Excursion Ale. This is a uh, this is kind of a darker ale that, that is very heavily spiced, and, and it's it's again it's one of those drinks that kind of reminds me of Christmas for whatever. But this is a Walt Disney World exclusive. You can't get this outside the parks, and it's one that Tom, I know you're not a beer drinker, Matt, I think you would probably enjoy this. It's one that you definitely need to try if you're in Animal Kingdom.
1: I, I think I would try it. I mean. I I, do, I don't mind the heavier beers, the beers that might, you know, have some spice and spices to it.
0: And I'm not a big fan of of dark beers or, or heavily spiced beers typically, but this was ice cold, but there was still some heat to it from the spice. So it, it it was good. Would you would you say this is
1: more of a, you know, just one and done type drink for you? Like you're not ordering two or two or three of these, right?
0: No, no, no. I would no, I would definitely not uh not have multiple. And and in fact, when I had this, it was in a uh it was in a beer flight, so it was just a sampler of Oh, perfect. It. And that yeah, and that was plenty. So I, I don't know if it was a two or three ounce pour, but that was plenty.
1: But it's definitely unique, and like Pete said, you can only get this in Walt Disney World. You can't get it outside the park. So it's something you should definitely try and just mark it off, cross it off your list of things you've done at Disney World. So we have one last drink that we want to talk about. And before we maybe get into some honorable yeah, we got
0: mentions. We get a couple. We got a we got a couple. Yeah. A couple honorable mentions. <laughs> well
1: um, I'll let Tom talk about this one, or or you, Pete, because I don't know that much about the Viking Coffee.
2: The Viking Coffee is is in Norway. It's a good substitute for the Aquavit that used to be an awesome beverage. Uh, but yeah, it's um, you can get it ice or you can get it hot, and I think it's better than any other drink they have in Norway.
0: What kind of psycho would get hot coffee <laughs> in Florida ever?
2: That's the truth.
0: You I- know, I say that, but but the Starbucks is always packed.
2: That's very true. The Starbucks is always crowded, but yeah, I, I don't know, Pete. I mean, this has become one of my favorite. The only, the only caveat I'll say is that having this and then having a, a tipsy is back to back coffee based beverages, which can be tough.
1: Very heavy and very coffee. You know, I, I'll tell you one thing: like we, we we joke around about the Aquavit and you know how nasty it was, but for me, I, I just can't do the coffee in the summer. I would gladly take the Aquavit on my way it wakes me up halfway through the um, the world showcase i would do that just wake up really quickly
2: what matt was like yeah halfway through the world showcase i'm like no no norway's two
1: <laughs> depends on which way you came from maybe a little over halfway
0: just kidding tom guys. Tom hates tom hates going backwards around world showcase though not it makes him very
2: grumpy not fun i agree
0: tom
1: you, you only like to go started in mexico
2: I'm a traditionalist. Only likes
0: to start in Mexico. In that right? Well, and, and two, it's tough to start with because Canada, I mean, you have beer, right? That's your only option. It's, it's tough to sometimes crack a beer, especially for Tom at 11 a.m. All right. Well, last one I've got on the list here, and I may be the only one in the world that likes this, but it's the blue milk from the milk stand in Galaxy's Edge. I love this stuff. Last time I was there, I think I drank nine of these, maybe nine and a half. I don't know. I drank a lot of them. The the problem is if they hadn't introduced mobile ordering to this milk stand, Disney is smart. If they hadn't had mobile ordering at this milk stand, no way I would have gotten more than like two or three. But because I could just punch it into the app, you know, take a stroll over there and and boom, it's it's there in my hand. I had a lot of these.
2: So I first first impression of blue milk, loved it. The more I've more I've chewed on the blue milk, I don't like it as much. And, and,
0: and you can chew on it because it is pretty thick. It's pretty
2: it's pretty it's like Globby, it's like it's Play-Doh in there or something.
0: What? What? What did you? Have? You? You said you had a blue milk that like had chunks in it or something, right? D- was it just frozen? I did. Yeah, it
2: was just ice. But I mean, it's still. I mean, my wife was like, "Are you? Ch- are you chewing that?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." So, I mean, I we were actually in line for Smuggler's <laughs> Run, but no, the blue, the blue. I actually, I, we we had a big group go. Obviously, when we did the half marathon. And some people got the green milk and liked it better than the blue milk. Which typically, it's it's universally accepted the blue milk's better. I think it's a rite of passage. I think you at least need to try it when you go
0: for your first time to Galaxy's Edge. I was I was not a fan of the green milk. It it, it wasn't bad. It just it wasn't it wasn't good. It wasn't, your, blue milk it wasn't man, your cup of milk. It wasn't my cup of milk. And and again, I'm talking about these with alcohol. I don't think they taste good without alcohol. Th- these were clearly designed. To be served with alcohol and then had the alcohol removed to to make it more family friendly to everybody. in, in my opinion. I mean, because they don't they don't taste the same without alcohol.
2: I have not had one w- without alcohol because Pete kind of told me don't even worry about trying it. So I, I think the last honorable mention is it pronounced pongu pongu at at a pollen? Pongu pong- Yes. Yeah, so this- Wait, you're talking about Lapu Lapu. Oh, why am I saying pongu pongu? Yeah, the Lapu Lapu is the drink it's a drink at Polynesian. It is served in a pineapple. And it is it is a variety of rums and, and different flavors. I think people mainly order it because it is served in a pineapple and that's kind of a cool effect. But it it actually it tastes okay as well. And this is a, a popular drink you'll see people floating around. You know, it kind of gives you that islandy feel. You'll see people floating around with it.
0: Yeah, I mean I, I think that the reason that this drink is as popular as it is is again because it's served in a pineapple. It it's not a bad drink, but I don't know that I'd get it. It, it. And it's not that different from the Iowa, but it's served in a pineapple.
2: That's right. And Disney knows how to sell. And if, if some people, oh, where they get that pineapple drink? Send them right up and they'll drop 16 or 18 bucks. And I forget what it costs, but it's, it's not a cheap drink either.
0: It is It is not.
2: But anyway, that's- All right, well, any
0: other, uh, any other drinks you want to mention? That's all I I, have. I know that you really like the, uh, the Rum Blossom at, at Pandora. So I did
2: try the Rum Blossom at Pandora. It is a Instagram- worthy drink that's probably where, where people they get it i think so they can put it on online and take pictures of it. it it's not my it's not my style i think i mentioned that when we talked through the tom does disney i, I didn't particularly care for the drink my wife did enjoy it it's sweeter it's uh obviously it's a rum based drink and it it looks very pandorian i guess
0: and and the boba balls are just a weird addition to it they are they are all right anything else on these drinks
1: Nope, I think we covered it. Love to
0: hear from you guys. What uh, you know? What you, what you like? If there's anything that you disagree with us on, if you've got any favorite drinks that we missed that, that we should try, you know, we didn't we didn't touch on anything at Disney Springs on this list, and and so we know there's a wide range at Disney Springs, but uh, definitely would love to hear from you guys. All right, well, let's go to the trivia question and secret for the week. What do we got, Tom?
2: So, kind of keeping the theme of the episode, secret of the week. Uh, did you know? Although Magic Kingdom was formerly alcohol-free, and for the most part, people would still still say it's alcohol-free, you can actually have alcoholic beverages at Be Our Guest, The Plaza, Crystal Palace, Diamond Horseshoe, Jungle Navigation Company Limited, which is Skipper Canteen for sure is what we call it, uh, with your meal. So while it is still, you're not going to see folks walking around with a drink like you would in Epcot, you can dine at any of those locations and get an alcoholic beverage, which... I mean, that's a far, far jump from where Magic Kingdom started to where it is today. And we'll see if if they ever move into allowing people to walk around the park with an alcoholic beverage. So that's the secret of the night. Uh, we're going to visit the trivia question of last week, which was uh, our last themed trivia question for Christmas. So it was, uh, where can you find the tallest Christmas tree on Walt Disney World property? I did give you the hint that it was 70 feet tall. And that is at Disney's Contemporary Resort. It's home to the tallest tree. It's 70 feet tall with more than 15,000 lights and over 200 custom-made ornaments. So quite the uh, quite the sight to see. Uh, moving to the trivia question of this week, sticking with the theme of the episode. This is a kind of a secret beverage that can be found on Disney World property. So where can you find the Tilly Trio? And it is not on a menu. So it, it's kind of a secret menu. It was originally designed to be a Mm, it's a a hard ticketed event that you would pay to go to, and they did serve this drink as a part of that. But now it is on a secret menu at Disney World. And so, uh, again, I'll repeat it where can you find the Tilly Trio? You can tweet us at MinduWDW Podcast or email us at Mendoe
0: WDW at gmail.com with your guesses. So, one final thing before we go tonight uh, we have started up a Patreon page. We're exploring what we're going to do with it right now. Our, our plan is to offer early access to our episodes, as well as an additional episode each month, and then possibly a newsletter if I can get these guys to actually uh, write something that would that would come out monthly. We're, we're looking February ish before we really start any of this. We're just kind of in the planning phase now, but uh, but if you'd like to see what we have, uh, it is Patreon.com/slash MenDoWDW. That's all we have for this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at Podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at Mendoowdw at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.